Hello, and welcome back to The Millennial and the Mom. I'm Maddie, the Millennial. And I'm Katie, the Mom. Well, Mom, what are we talking about today? Well, today is a good one. It's something we both have done, and we're talking about buying your first home. Woot, woot. That's for sure. We've <laughs> definitely both done that. I am a proud but broke homeowner over here. I don't know if you feel the same. I can't tell if that woot, woot was excitement or like, what have I done? It was just like... It was, it was just, it, it just was, it was just, I just put it out there. I don't know how just, I feel about it. It was just a woot woot. Okay. Well, homeownership is not for the faint of heart. I can tell you that. Um, in the past week, unfortunately, our smart home, our home is very smart, but it absolutely took a total IQ nosedive and became completely stupid this week. And none of the smart systems were working. And then I, uh, have, and then, I mean, fixing smart systems is not cheap. Uh, nor easy and the many times not even skills I have. So that's why I don't um, have any smart systems in my oh home. My this is God. a dumb apartment. I, Actually, I was, no, we have a nest, but it doesn't work that often. Yeah. I mean, we have way too many connected things and controls for things. And it all had like a, you know, a grade level meltdown. Um, but anyway, so um, how are you feeling about home ownership? I mean, I'm not a first time homeowner anymore. We've bought and sold. Um, what is it? five houses in four different states over the years, but how are you feeling? You've been a homeowner for how long now? No, it's been, I mean, I would say overall, we are ecstatic that we made the decision to buy an apartment and I can't, I guess I am technically a homeowner. I own exactly three rooms, a living room and kitchen, and then a bedroom and a bathroom, um, a whole 700 square feet. Um, but no, it's been good. It's definitely one of those things. And I know it's like, like we talked about in our first episode, like raising a dog, buying an apartment. I'm sure I'll be back here at some point talking about, oh my God, you just don't know until you have kids or whatever it is. But like homeownership is one of those things. Like you truly just don't know until you're doing it. And you're like, Sh- shoot, the faucet broke or right. a sh- the dishwasher's leaking or whatever. And then you like, you're not putting a maintenance request. Like you are maintenance. It's, yeah. and it's, it's like a, such a blessing and a curse sometimes. Cause you're, you're like, when things are going well, you're like, Oh, like I'm going to live in this apartment forever. Like, and then other times you're like, I can't believe we like spent this amount of money on like 700 square feet. Like, right. so I feel like apartment ownership is its whole other ball game. Um, but there overall, are some we, unique things about owning in an yeah. apartment. I mean, and there's some, you know, and owning a house has a whole nother set of things. You got like, a, you know, potentially yeah, I can't a- even imagine like maintaining a yard. Like yeah. the balcony is enough work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's something I will say, I am extremely grateful. This house that we bought, um, we bought right before the pandemic started. We actually moved in the week that the pandemic was declared. So then it was like, oh, I, I hope we like this house because currently we're never leaving it again. Um, but I know during the pandemic, both you bought and then um, your older sister, my oldest, um, bought. And so we all bought during those extremely low interest rates. Yeah. I feel so grateful for that. Although I say that, you know, thinking like, oh, of course, everybody, you know, got an interest rate of what, 3% at that time, or even less. And I'm laughing because, you know, back in, I think it was 1994 when your dad and I bought our first house. I mean, the interest rate, I really should go look it up. I think it was like nine or 10% and nobody even blinked an eye. It was just like, oh, that's, that's in some ways ways you're lucky. And I know last week we were all talking about, you know, your twenties and navigating it and whatever, but it's like that perspective, I feel like is probably really helpful. Like, I don't know. And hopefully you guys like, and we all love the house you bought and it's 
turn into like your guys's home and you've done some work on it and whatever. But I feel like the, and again, I feel like everyone listening to this podcast is probably like Maddie is so freaking anxious. The next thing I'm anxious about is like, how can I ever give up 3%? Like this is the only interest rate I've ever known. Yes. And so to be like, oh, now I'm going to go pay 7%. Like I hope, I hope Drew's ready to have like three kids in this one bedroom apartment. <laughs> I feel well, like no, we got I a sweet deal. Saying. Yeah. Because, because interest rates have changed pretty dramatically, you know, and if you think about just percentage change. Um, so, I mean, th- things will settle, but sometimes you have to move just because life necessitates yeah. it. I mean, I look forward to and and what I think three we kids in that apartment, but yeah, just, you know, Oh, we could do it. We could do it. And George, um, <laughs> But I think too is like it just because it's it's like so many things. It was like I the, my favorite meme is the meme where it's like, where are the precedent times? Because I feel like everything has been so wild the past couple of years, and it's like usually, and I'm like an economics major, or I was an economics major, so I should know more of the the reasoning behind it. But like usually, when interest rates are going up, like it means home prices are coming down or whatever. And I feel yeah. like. We're still in this really crazy housing market. We were actually just talking to our broker um, the other day because like this unit came up in our building and we were like, we at least want to look at it and see like what the two bedroom looks like and whatever. Um, And she was saying it's still so crazy. And she's like, everyone's just like kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like rates have gone up, but like people are still like getting into bidding wars and up here in like the broader New York area, like people are having bidding wars over rental apartments. And yeah. it's just like, what is, what's the ceiling? Like where, what's, what's this going to look like next year? Like maybe well, it'll be a great time for me to buy. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on where you live too. I mean, I know there are regional, yeah. you know, things happening, but um, no, it, it, what we've learned is you just can't predict this. And I think that's, you know, I mean, hats off to economists. I'm not one, um, but it's, you know, it, I think they're even, I mean, I feel like every time they tell us like inflation is going up and certain things should happen and then they don't. And so it's, it's, some kind of some kind it's a of thankless thing. job it is a thing i'm sure it is it's like job. weatherman yes well my husband what... has a vendetta for weatherman he well... thinks they always get it wrong and there's no consequences. And I'm like, but what about when they predict the tornado that happens? Well, as you know? long as we, okay, I, we can maybe say that about weathermen, but not, you know, we have talked about this before. I am a diehard NBC loyal. I'm not talking uh, about Al Roker. Right. So I'm just saying, as long as you leave Al Roker and, and quite frankly, Dylan Dreyer out of that conversation, no, no, we can talk saints. about weathermen, but they are, what they are sacred, whatever they say, I believe. Um, so thinking about, you know, you being a newer homo, you've been there about, I think about a year and a half in your mm-hmm. uh apartment do you still call it an apartment if you buy it or do you call it a condo I don't know I call it our, our apartment yeah I do too but then I, I mean and then when someone it. like asks about rent I say like oh no we own it I guess I could start calling it a condo but I, I but that feels kind condo, of like like you have something I don't well, know that's what I think is like up here like most people live in apartments like I would say maybe if I was like had a second home in like Miami I'd be like our condo in Miami like I don't know this is like my apartment yeah that, that's what my I word say. for it yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I guess when you say like, oh, my house, nobody knows if you own it or you bought it. I mean, you could be renting yeah. a house too. So maybe maybe that was a stupid question. Just you can cut that it's out. Okay, I forgive you. Thank you. I mean, you know, I'm just trying to make sense of the world here. Um, but what what has been the most surprising thing to you when you bought a house or your apartment? The most surprising thing, I would say... Um, and again, like, you know, not everyone might feel this way, but I think, you know, this is our first home 
we were really excited to move in and we felt so fortunate to, you know, be young and be able to, to purchase something. But I would say like, you know, there is a cost, like a significant cost to having pride and pride and ownership. Like you want it to look nice. You want to feel like you're maintaining it well. And there's definitely been things we want to do, but we have to be like, no, like this is not, not, not a hundred percent necessarily right now. Like we kind of need a new fridge. It's been fine, whatever. It's, it would be nice to have, but I'm like, okay, we can't, every time we have a want, we, we can't, you know, execute on it, mm-hmm. which I'm saying more out loud. So my husband knows I know that because I'm someone <laughs> who always wants to be doing more Wait, to can the we apartment. Talk about the refrigerator for a minute. I mean, I understand you don't, you don't necessarily need to run out by a new fridge, but I mean, that fridge has got some issues. I've been up there before. I know, but it, it, it works. And you know theory. how I feel about ice and your ice situation is. Oh yeah. We haven't had ice since the day we moved in. It's tragic. I mean, I know you can like make ice. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot, but uh, you make your priorities, but you, you bring up a good point because it's funny. Even when we moved into this house, this house needed some, it, it needed some work when we moved in, in the sense that it was like all of the very unsexy things that you could not see or yeah. touch. And nobody would know that we did, but they had to be done. And I was getting really frustrated. I'm like, we're having to spend all this money on this house. And it's, it's not impacting me at all. I mean, it is in the sense that like the air conditioner actually works when you turn it on and we're not worried about it going That's out. important for Dallas. Oh, very important. <laughs> um, but you know, we had some water issues and roof issues. Yes, we have to do that. But I think that's one of the things with home ownership is oftentimes you are delaying the wants because there are needs that are urgent and pop up and you, you have to deal with them. You can't be like, oh, I'm just going to let that roof leak for, you know, and I'll get to it yeah. when I feel like I can. Well, and I feel like that is one of, in some ways, buying an apartment or a condo, whatever you want to call it, like, it is a good kind of dip your toes in the water. Like, you know, there are a lot of systems and appliances and things that like we as the unit owners are like fully responsible for, like we have central AC and heating, like when that blows, which it's a 30 year old unit, like it's going to be sometime soon, like the building's not replacing that, like we're replacing that, whatever, but we don't necessarily have to worry about the roof leaking. Like we pay every month. So there are reserves and whatever. And and should that happen, we have a building management company. They will be the ones talking to the contractors, getting whatever. So it is kind of a good way to kind of kind of get exposure to it, but you're not necessarily dealing with the whole building structure, right. which is which is nice. Right. Now on our last episode, we were talking a lot about navigating your twenties. And one of the things we were talking about is how do you know you're ready to have, you know, kids and some other things. But in this case, like, how did you know that you felt like you were ready to buy a home? Yeah, no, I will. And just, just to take a step back. So, you know, our whole childhood, I feel like we watched like, oh God, so oh no, cue the, cue the need for therapy again. No, 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 no. <laughs> but we watched like so much HGTV. And, and so like, I feel like I was constantly like, oh, it's so fun to like go look at houses. We also moved around a lot. And I remember going to open houses when we were moving because we were either looking to buy or rent or whatever. So like, I feel like it's different than if you would live in your same childhood home for like whatever, you'd be like, that's fine. Like I can live in a couple of apartments for a few years or whatever. But I feel like myself, less so my husband, like I really wanted to feel like I was putting down roots. Um, I felt like I had bounced around a lot. I had moved from from college to North Carolina. I came home for two months and then I like moved up to New Jersey. We lived in this rental. And so I was like, I just, for my own sense of like, 
just being like, I want to feel like I have ties to somewhere. Otherwise I can kind of be a flight risk. And my husband and I had a word. We had I'm to, so sorry. We, I don't know where I get that from. Uh, uh, me. But we had discussed getting engaged and that was like in our near future. And also like just take, taking a, a macro lens. I guess this was two years ago now. The rent situation in the New York area was getting out of control. It was like everyone, us included, had locked in COVID deals, which were fantastic. And it felt like New York and, you know, where we live in New Jersey was like starting to be affordable. And like, what are people talking about? And then like everyone came back to the office and the rents were starting to become out of control. And so we really were taking, we were trying to decide, okay, we've been in the town we live in for a year. Like, do we want to move into Manhattan? I now work in Manhattan, like, and we started to look at some places and we were like, we really can't give up the space we get living outside of the city. Um, Cause we have George, if you've listened to our first episode, you know, he requires just a lot of space and money. Um, and so we were like, we don't want to be living in like a shoebox with our 75 pound dog. Um, and so we, we started looking at apartments to both rent and buy in the town we live in. And it felt like, and we are both very fortunate. I know we talked on the last um, the last episode about how this whole podcast is coming from a place of privilege. We are in, in two incredibly privileged, privileged people. Um, and part of that is my husband and I both were, were, we both received academic scholarships to the colleges we went to and money had been set aside for education, which we then got when we didn't use it. And so we had money for a down payment which I think is a big hurdle for a lot of people these days. Um, your cost of living is so expensive. You feel like you're not saving. And we, you know, had um, we had money that had been set aside for us. So just if you ever feel like you're not keeping up with someone, which I know we talked about last week, like I'm just putting it out there, like we had a special situation. Um, and so we had money for a down payment and, but we're still early in our careers. My husband's a freelancer. So his monthly paycheck is not the same every month. Um, and so we just thought about like, what is our maximum we want to spend per month for whether it's rent or a mortgage? And we looked at what we got in either bucket. So for rent, what did it look like? And for a mortgage? And because interest rates were so low and we had the money for the down payment, like we could get a much nicer place buying it than we could renting it. And some of that is like, we live in such a renter's market. Like every, for the most part, a lot of people rent, not, there are definitely people who can afford to buy, but they don't because they only plan on living here for a couple of years and then they're going to move to the suburbs or they're going to have kids. So they need a two bedroom, whatever it is. Um, and so it's a bunch of people hopping from apartment to apartment. Um, they're not necessarily always updated in between people leaving. And so it just felt like a lot of the places we looked at to rent, I was like, we're getting ripped off. Like we could buy an apartment that's significantly nicer and have a lower monthly payment. Some of that was we were looking at both two bedrooms and one bedrooms to rent. And we ended up buying a one bedroom. Like obviously if we had bought a two bedroom, it would have been more expensive. Um, so we really just took a hard look at our finances and we we're like, we're in a really low interest rate environment. I was a finance major. Um, like we should take advantage of this because we can yeah. And it, and it turned out to be really good timing. So um, that is a good thing. And, you know, again, 
you may have to move out of necessity and the interest rate may never be again what you have paid right now. Yeah, it probably won't You've be. You've also talked about that you, you know, the property you're in now, you may keep that and turn it into a income generating property if you do end up moving into another place eventually. Yeah, well, where those people they keep writing like Wall Street Journal articles about how we got this low interest rate and we never want to give it up. Right. But, right. And so yeah, we live in a we live in a market where you definitely most people do, if they can't afford to keep it, they rent out the unit. Cause um, yeah. like I just mentioned, a lot of times you're getting higher rent than you're paying in your mortgage payment. Right. Um, so we'll so, see in a few years. Yeah. But I mean, I you know, you did allude to the fact that we, you know, did do quite a bit of moving um when you were younger. And we kind of we watched a lot of HGTV and I love it doesn't even matter if I'm looking for a house. I mean, there is not an open house I will turn down going to. I love going I to know every time you come up here, you want to go to the open houses. I know. Well, because eventually I want to get a place up there because I want to be able to be by you, right? So just not not permanently. I'm not gonna, you know, be your next door neighbor. I move but... up here permanently. Be my next door neighbor, please. Oh. You heard it here, people. We'll see if she if she thinks that if I actually moved up there. But well, anyways, what I mean, the house hunting process, like I have definitely as someone who has, again, bought and sold homes all over the country, rented some homes as well. I mean, there's some weird stuff you see when you're house hunting. And I feel like too, and, and I think too, it kind of depends like where you live. So a lot of this stuff, if you're listening and maybe you live in a more suburban area, like it's not going to make a lot of sense, but like the sh- shit, to, excuse my language, they label in terms of like updated apartment, yes. or, like two bedroom, especially up here. It's like, it's like an extended walk-in closet. And they're like, this is the second bedroom. Or they're like, oh, like updated kitchen. And there's like a, 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 a towel a non, has been replaced. A non-built-in dishwasher. And they're like, isn't it so great it has a dishwasher? But it's like, when you have to attach the sink. And I'm like, we're really, we're really talking about a really crappy apartment. Why why is it being marketed as like newly renovated or yes. whatever? Yeah. Um, so I think it, it was it was fun. I will say the difference between because I and if you're I've lived in a more suburban area. So renting an apartment in Charlotte felt really different than renting an apartment up here, you know, in Charlotte, I was going to the complex and I was like, let me see your open floor plans. And all of the apartments were updated and new and, you know, all in one building. And then up up here, when you're getting an apartment, you need a realtor or a broker. A lot of times you have to pay a fee to your broker and you're just, you're not even buying it. You're just renting it. Um, And so it felt more like buying an apartment when we were renting um, in terms of the process, like compared to house hunters or whatever. And so when we went to buy, I was like, oh, it's going to feel even different. Like we're buying this apartment. And I feel like it didn't. I was kind of like, not like I was like, oh, I'm disappointed in this process. But I feel like it's not as, it's it's not like house hunting makes it out to be. It's not like you're <laughs> sitting there debating after. You're not like, I mean, I guess like Drew and I would talk about like every apartment and whatever. But like, it wasn't like we were like, there's a clear winner here or, or whatever. Well, okay, like, we would have been know, happy at yeah. a few different ones. Well, and I know someone who was on House Hunters and believe it or you not. You do? Yes. So from a long time ago, we like lived in Connecticut. Oh God, send me the episode. I after. knew a woman who was on House Hunters. And the thing that she told me is they've already bought, by the time they film it, they bought the house. And they they just find Why? two others to have them discuss. I'm sorry, I did I just spoil house hunters for you? Um, yeah, they're faking oh my it God. a couple of them because they've already picked the one house. But at least that's what she told me back then. This is a long time ago. But um, no, I mean, I think 
when, when we're looking at houses, I mean, and again, I've looked at so many different houses in so many par different parts of the country. And I will also say the buying process, even for a house is extremely different in different parts of the country. In really? some parts of the country, they give you the inspection and the disclosures and everything as you're viewing the house. In other parts, you've got to put down your earnest money and you've got to do your own inspection. That's what I mean, we had to do. Yeah. There's a lot of different yeah. things. And, um, but it is when we were going from Connecticut uh, back out to the Bay Area, I remember we were looking at, at buying houses. And I remember when we were in a house that we were you know, kind of considering, we didn't end up buying it. But I think the realtor was asking us like, oh, are you paying cash? And I'm thinking like for the, you know, like the earnest money or the down payment. Yes. But then she's like, no, for the house. I'm like, Absolutely not. I'm going to have to string together six mortgages to afford the house for the area. <laughs> what kind of cash? I'm thinking are people walking in with their suitcases of cash and being like, here you go. No, I know. They are. That's the problem. That's why that market is so difficult. Well, but that's like up here. We had, we lost several apartments. We we had, we didn't even have the chance to put in an offer. It was like the day they came to market. Again, this was like 2021. So it was a crazy market. Um and that's yeah, not being... a good environment to be making a decision. I mean, no, because we were, we were losing out to all cash offers. Right, right. And there's no perfect, I mean, as someone who's lived and you lived in many of them with me as my child, as my daughter, mm -hmm. um, there's no perfect home, right? Every home yeah. has got, you know, something. And so, I mean, I think for me, when I'm looking for a house, certainly when we were searching for a house in the Dallas area, which was very different than California. And I mean, everything really is bigger in Texas. And at some point, you know, my main requirement as I was touring these houses, like if I walk into a room or a space and I don't immediately know what the purpose is, like I can't deal with this house. It's like, you know, what is this weird, awkward transit? What am I supposed to do with this space? What am I supposed to do with this like catwalk between rooms upstairs or something? So I like a little bit more like I like defined spaces. I like an open floor plan, but as long as I can mm -hmm. tell what the parts are supposed to be. Um, but I think also I'm the type of person that I want it. I don't want to I have a gut job. I mean, we've never bought a house. It's a gut job, but I know myself enough to know when I buy a house or move into a place, I'm going to want to paint everything. I'm going to want to get my colors in it. I'm going to want to neutralize it. You know, I want, I want white woodwork and things like well, that. Well, I know you can't see because we're coming to you on audio, but like my mom's and we're going to do another episode of, you know, finding your own like interior decorating style. Cause I think it is really interesting. And it's the fun part about buying it at home. I feel like, but like my mom is sitting in what is her office, which is the size of my bedroom. Um, and it's like bright blue and I'm sitting in my like white this walls, white curtains, white this, shades. No, this is yes, not, it is. This is you a paint every room a different color. No, I I do not, Betty. Oh my gosh. Listener, she is lying to you. Most of my house is painted one color. Now my laundry room is rather bright. That is a bright blue in the laundry room. That is a bright blue. This is a soothing mellow It's like a baby blue. boy's room. Okay. We will put it, we're going to put this on Instagram. We're going to put the laundry room in this room and we're going to decide which is bright. And, um, and the rest of the house, honestly, most of it is agreeable gray. Shout out to Sherman Williams um, to that color. But okay. I like a little bit of color. I don't have to have massive amounts. But yes, you have a very neutral palette. We'll get to that on another episode. But are yeah, my you... entire apartment's Benjamin Moore simply white. In it's... case you're Wait, looking for a good white, what are we? What is that called? The when everything's like beige, sad beige, sad beige moms. I'm gonna be a sad beige mom. I don't even know what that is. Tell me about that in another episode. But it sounds. But I think what. Yeah, but getting back to what you just said, and I think 
you know, as much as there was a lot of trauma associated with it, there were a lot of benefits to moving around. There's the T um, word, people. Let's, let's start a tally. Another childhood trauma. <laughs> I'm not laughing I, at you, Maddie. I'm laughing with oh you. My I, God. I own my I own my trauma that I inflicted my, on you. My therapist's not gonna have to unpack this one next week. But um no, I think and it's funny because my husband, his parents did sell their house a few years ago, but he grew up in the same house his entire childhood. And so like, I mean, I'm sure I haven't seen it over the years, but I'm sure, you know, there have been changes. They had painted things or got new furniture or whatever, but that the core house stayed the same. And I obviously lived in many different houses and I was part of our home buying or home renting process when I got to be a little bit older and I would see it before. And then obviously like you just mentioned, like you would paint it or whatever. And so I think it 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 was helpful in our home search process because we saw a whole array of different types of apartments. Some were, you know, just show up with your furniture, it's move and ready. And then we did, and we almost moved forward with a complete gut job, which is, you know, something in another life, I would totally be like an interior designer, interior decorator, um, which is something I really at some point want to do is just completely got something, make it your own. Um, and if there were a few different reasons it didn't work out. One of them was like we were planning a wedding and the building, because every every apartment building up here has different rules. Um, and in that building's case, like every single owner in the building had to approve you doing renovations. They didn't have to like approve like what color cabinets you were going to have or whatever, but they had to approve that there was going to be work done in the building. And mm-hmm. so it can take a long time and it wasn't a sure thing. And our lease was coming up and, and whatever. So it didn't end up working out. The apartment we moved into was, I mean, for better or worse, moving ready. It had some like really gross wallpaper and and some things we just did cosmetically, like we painted it and um, we had to like get a new faucet in the bathroom and, and just like little stuff like that. Um, but it was pretty much moving ready. Um, but when we were looking at apartments, I remember we saw a couple where like they'd put some like terrible paint color on the walls, like lime green, or it had really ugly cabinets or whatever. And I kept having to kind of like tell my husband, I was like, we can paint this. Like you're buying the the, the structure yeah. and you're buying, like, yeah. obviously if we, if the kitchen's like relatively updated, like we don't want to have to gut it, but like, could we paint the cabinets? Could we get new countertops? Like whatever. Like, and I think he had a harder time just given he wasn't going, he wasn't moving around and looking at open houses and stuff when he was younger um, to see like, there's a lot of potential. Yes. Well, and it's so funny. I'm kind of laughing because number one, I, I I raised you well that you could see this potential. And coming along in those experiences probably helped. But my husband, when I married him, also couldn't see potential because he had only ever lived in one house growing up. And it was a house that yeah. very little was that. I mean, they kept it up, but it was that no changes were made. It was the original kitchen yeah. and all this. Um, and, and that was his life too, until he met me. And now, you know, in 30 years, I think we've lived in, um, six, five or six states and 12, 13 different houses or apartments. So, um, you know, he, he now will say that I am someone that can walk in and and see potential. And he trusts that with 
usually it's paint, honestly, paint, carpeting, it makes or flooring. The biggest difference. It makes such a big difference. And um, I do love, I mean, I am absolutely obsessed with HGTV and I still do watch it probably, you know, I go through periods of time, but now I'm on a big, um, you know, HGTV binge with a couple of shows, but I do love seeing how you can kind of, you know, bring something back to life or change something. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like all the real estate reality shows like Million Dollar Listing LA, Selling Sunset. crazy though because right they show these houses and you're like what in the world like who can possibly live in these houses these big huge like mansions expensive and all that no I know well and it's so hard too because it's like I think too also something that whether you're buying I guess if you're buying you're 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 your own person you're you're not part of another buying party or whatever like you're a single person buying your first home um it's definitely a different experience than if you're buying it with someone else because you both have to agree on it and like even like like drew and i we obviously found each other we dated it went well we got engaged like obviously we have a lot in common or enough shared shared interest to spend our lives together but like something about buying an apartment like it's shocking what like one person can really take a hard line on and what like other people can really care about yes like I can't think of a specific example right now but like we definitely saw some apartments where I was like that was great and Drew was like that was awful and it's like how, how it's so personal and it's like the layout and it's like well I wouldn't want the bathroom to be there like I would see like I love um whatever it's called like penny tile where it's like the little in the bathroom and I was like oh my god wasn't that bathroom so cute it was like the original like black and white penny tile and she was like it was hideous like we would have to redo the bathroom and I was like okay no well it's like a really personal visceral reaction right because yes it's something it's emotional um I will say what will happen maybe you know as you go on your life depends but I mean um your dad and I have have been in the situation where both of us have either committed to like a rental house um or I bought a house that the other person hadn't seen because I went up and I bought the house in Connecticut he stayed home with you guys we were living in Virginia at the time and he was relocating for his job. We were relocating for his job up to Connecticut. And so he sent me up. I was only gone like two days. I did like two blitz days with the realtor, picked out a house. And I remember this is before cell phones. This is before there was no Zillow or no Zillow. And I remember I probably had taken some pictures like on, you know, this thing called film, man. I don't know if you remember that. You have to drop it off and get it developed <laughs> of this house. So I didn't even have the pictures of the house. He'd agreed. I said, yeah, this is the house we want. You know, it's good, whatever. He'd never seen it. And then I get back to Connecticut and I was like trying to tell him about it. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, where was the bathroom? Like, what was it? I couldn't remember what this house was, but I was like, we're moving there. So, um, and then he did the same thing. We moved from uh, Connecticut back to California. We were going to rent actually initially. He went out and he found the rental house. Um, And there is that moment when you show up and you're like, I just picked this out. Like this, is this where we're actually staying? So, um, you know, it, it is a very a house is a very personal thing um even if you have very similar styles you're right there may be something that you know triggers one person but um you know i think that you also have done a lot of diy which i so admire we did a lot of things ourselves when we were younger as well we don't do quite as much diy now um in the house sense but i mean you have taken on some like serious projects in that apartment that i don't even know how you got them done in a 700 square Wait, what do you think my craziest diy has been 
Um, well, your closet, you built in your closet, you put together all of those Ikea cabinets, which look great. And well, yeah. recently, I thought you you were having this busy day. Meanwhile, I don't talk to you for a couple of hours. And suddenly you've gone to Ikea and built and installed like a double built-in cabinet thing. Mind you, by yourself, Drew wasn't even around. Um, And I think that's when George was having like some issues too. So maybe that was like a stress relief. You did the, you built your bed headboard, which was ambitious. Replaced light fixtures. Yeah, we were, we, I mean, everything we we've done so far has been cosmetic. Like I painted, I, well, I've had to paint it twice. I've learned a lot of That's DIY right. you tips. That's right. You paint your bathroom vanity twice. Um, because you really, it's all about the prep work guys. Like you gotta, you gotta sand, you gotta prime, you gotta seal. Um, so I had to paint, I had to repaint our bathroom vanity, um, which like, like we were just talking about paint. Like I, li- I used the leftover trim paint because we had a, we had someone come professionally paint our apartment because there was a lot of wallpaper that needed to be removed and we just were not up to the task. It was not like peel and stick wallpaper we were removing. It was the original kind. Um, and so we, with the leftover white paint from the painters, I was like, I'm going to repaint this like dark wood bathroom vanity. Um, but I didn't do it right and it started chipping and peeling and, and whatever. So I had to repaint it and it looks really great the second time. It's lasted so much longer. Um, but it the bathroom looks like a completely different bathroom. Yeah. All we did was we painted the cabinet or the vanity and we changed out the mirror and the light fixture. And it looks like a world of difference. Um but I would say the also, whole you've done DIY like building projects where you're having well, home deep yeah. cut your lumber for you. Well, I know because I started with the, so I was like, okay, I never painted furniture, but I can paint this bathroom ca- cabinet. Um, and I saw how big of a difference it made. And so I was like, what else can we do? That's, I mean, we, our budget for home projects is it's, you know, it's not nothing, but it's also not like we're getting like custom woodworking done when we're, we're doing things. Um, and so I really liked the, the look of built-ins in the living room. We have a pretty narrow, we have a long, narrow living room in like dining room area. Um, so I got the like Ikea Billy bookcases for a couple different spots. I'll post a picture on our, um, on our Instagram and I, I, it's been on my to-do list for a year and a half, but I do want to do like all of the DIY influencers do where you make them look like full built-in cabinets. Um, so, so stay tuned for that. Um, but that, yeah. So I essentially got so fed up with our hall closet and it was just like not the right use of space. It was one of those like pre-built closet systems that you could probably buy for like a hundred bucks. Like it was, it was not like custom by any means um, that the previous owner had put in. And so one day I just like told my husband, I was like, we're getting the screwdriver. We're, we're taking all these shelves down. Like this is just not how we need the space to, to be used. It was mostly like, it was like 75% hanging space for coats and like the rest of it was like a mix between like just empty space because it didn't fit the closet right or it was like small shelves that didn't really fit anything and we really wanted to use it as a pantry because we we don't have a ton of cabin space in our kitchen um and so i was gonna do the like ikea packs wardrobe hack where you like put you know that closet system in your existing closets but the measurements didn't work out or whatever and i was so frustrated because i was like i was already telling myself like this closet was being removed. Um, so we just basically went to, I like drew up some pictures of what I wanted to, it to look like on printer paper. And we went to Home Depot, we bought all this wood um, and we put together some like 
I guess essentially we built a bookcase and then we put like a hanging rod on the small part between the bookcase and the wall. Um, it also looks really good. I'll post a photo of that as well. Um, that was, I think that's been the most ambitious DIY to date and definitely the most time intensive. That one took probably a week start to finish because you had to let the coats of paint dry in between each one. Well, and I mean, it's extra challenging when you're living in an apartment. I mean, because number one, you don't have somewhere to do this work. You had to do this work in the area you're all three of you, you, Drew and George are living in and letting paint dry. And so, I mean, I, I do think you've done some ambitious things. You're, you're super willing to jump in and do it. Um, You've also done some really creative things because I don't know what was going on with that whole, like, I'm going to buy a picture and then put like mud over it or something yeah and then I made a really people compliment it all the time not to toot my own horn but I really wanted this DIY or I really wanted this crate and barrel like a thousand dollar plaster looking painting um and so I was like okay obviously I'm not gonna buy I just bought this apartment I can't buy a 900 piece of art for the living room um so I made my own It, it was so easy um I followed like a YouTube tutorial um so yeah i mean i forget about all the diys i've done Just, i painted I mean, our let's, let's our dressers clear, this, you did and you painted your dressers and you've done the uh the gold hardware Didn't yeah you refinish that mm-hmm. um but yeah let's just be clear though about the painting it is beige it is all beige it's it's new it's all white i'm sorry it's all white it's white even beige is too much color um well okay so thinking about you know all the work you've done and the you know, process of buying the home. What are some of your favorite like products you use in your home or that you've discovered as a homeowner? Um, well, I'm an IKEA girly in and out. Through um, and through. You love through IKEA. Through and through. I love IKEA. I will say, um, you know, there are some really high quality pieces if you're willing to be creative with them. So like we just mentioned, like I painted, um, again, we'll post photos on the Instagram. We'll just do a little like apartment tour. Um, I painted our nightstands and our dressers, but there we got the unfinished solid wood pieces from Ikea. Um, So they're really heavy. They're really good quality. They're solid wood, which a lot of things you're buying off like Wayfair and like Target and whatever are not solid wood, um, but they needed to be painted. You had to put in some elbow grease. Um, so, you know, it's, I'm all about hunting Ikea for, for the good stuff. Um, and then the other thing I really like, and I love just in terms of like my design style, um, I love Studio McGee um, and I love her, her line for Target. I've gotten a few of the furniture pieces as well as like some of the artwork and stuff. And I think it's a really good, if you're on a budget or maybe like, you're like us and this is not your forever home and you're not willing to spend a ton of money on something you're only going to use for a couple of years. Um, they have some really good pieces. So I would say, you know, hunt Ikea and hunt Target and you can, you can find some good stuff. And you have the, I mean, you can stick with it at Ikea. I get a little overwhelmed sometimes there, but I certainly have- You have to go in with a plan. Well, and I have- to have looked online. I've I've put together my share of bookcases from Ikea and those, you know, eventually if you move those a lot, which we did have to do, they can kind of start to break down, but um, no, they they served us very well. We have some Ikea stuff. There's actually some Ikea, like more home decorating things. Like I have this really big, huge platter. I got an Mm -hmm. Ikea, which is almost like a melamine type of material it's made out of- love that thing. Um, and there's even some kitchen kitchenware stuff that I absolutely love from there. I mean, for me, I mean, there's a lot of different things, but 
but I will say right now, what I'm really loving is we, I have become semi-obsessed. I think I've mentioned it before with like my bird feeder. So my bird feeder is right outside <laughs> my office window. I absolutely love it. I love taking care of the birds. Um, and then I do love a good, like fake plant. I don't have a yeah. green thumb. I don't even have a green hangnail. Neither do I. Um, but I have to say I had a, I do have a hangnail now because outside I, I did plant a little container garden and it's a very small one. There's like two tomato plants and a, and a summer squash plant. And just today for the first time, the little squash has come out and is starting to grow. And I'm just waiting wow. when I get my first tomato, it will, I'll just blow up our Instagram account with my first tomato. I hope, I hope I get one now that I said that, but um, I don't have, I want to be someone who has like more plant experience, but inside the house, I love fresh flowers and I'm good mm-hmm. at like changing the water out on theirs. And there is this, Oh, I do have to say there's this amazing product. It's from Amazon. It's not expensive. It's a vase that if you twist it, it allows you to drain the water out of the vase with the flower oh, still in it. And that's then you just cool. twist it closed again and you can put new water in there. It really, really helps the, the flower stay fresh. So I will definitely link that because I found that from somebody on Instagram talked about it and I got it. And it really helps if you can change the water every day, if you have some fresh flowers. So Um, love both those things, but I will say I'm super proud of you as a homeowner, Maddie. I think you guys have done a great job. I think you live in 700 square feet so graciously in a way that I never could. (laughs) Um, and thank you. It does make you be a, be somewhat of a minimalist. I know you have to be more of a minimalist and you have to be willing to make every, like as much as I would love, like a pretty entryway with just like a few things. It's like every piece in our apartment serves at least like two or three purposes. Yes. Yes. No. So you I just kind of have to commit to to functional furniture. I know, but you've you've done a fabulous job. I'm I'm very impressed. Um, well, thanks, mom. Love it. Um, but yeah, this was hopefully, you know, if you're considering buying an apartment or you just bought your own apartment or home, whatever dwelling you're living in, um, you enjoyed this episode. Could be I a know, tiny house. Tiny houses are big right now. Maybe could be somebody- a tiny house. Your yeah. your house could look tiny compared to my 700 square feet it's true um but yeah we're having so much fun recording these episodes hopefully you all are all you are enjoying listening to them hopefully someone's Um, actually listening to them i mean we don't even know know. yet but i mean a listener or two would be exciting that'd be so exciting but um if you are here you are listening if anyone can hear us we would love for you to leave us a review wherever you're listening um and we hope you join us next week for another topic and don't forget check us out on instagram we will we will by the time you're listening to this and we figure out how you actually get a podcast where it's supposed to go um we'll be putting some uh photos of things we talk about so you can get some visuals we are at the millennial and the mom that's all squished together the millennial and the mom make sure you're spelling millennial right um and then come back next week to hear us dive into another topic we will keep the tallies going of how many traumas i've caused maddie in her childhood but you know here we are so so we're working through it just uh, a millennial and her mom just doing our best every day well on that note mom i will talk to you later all right maddie talk to you later bye bye